Hey everyone, welcome back to How to Live, the podcast. We hope everybody has been having a magnificent week. So while Jess is in Bali doing her yoga teacher training, the team and I have been working on some really, really exciting things. And actually this week we're launching autumn winter styles for our footwear label tubes. So make sure you keep an eye out for that. We're working on a totally new product that's not shoes. Very excited about that. And we had an intern start working with us last week. So there have actually been a lot of learnings that we can't wait to share with you in future episodes. Today, we're interviewing the PR queen herself, Roxy Jasenko. She started her own PR company, Sweaty Betty, at the age of 24. She's an author and former contestant on The Apprentice and a breast cancer survivor. We actually recently got our hands on a copy of her latest book. It's called Roxy's Little Book of Tips and Tricks. It's bright pink, it's pocket-sized, and it showed up in the cutest bright pink matching box. You can instantly tell she knows exactly what she's doing when it comes to PR. So we know Roxy likes to portray this image of herself where she's so superficial and admittedly, she does love a good handbag. Who doesn't? But we were really interested to ask Roxy about what drives her and her values. And it was really cool to see this other side of her. After spending the hour with Roxy, it was pretty clear to us that she absolutely loves her kids more than anything else. Her business, Sweaty Betty, is not just a job, but more like a lifestyle. And she's more keen on a night in watching TV than getting glam for a night out. Oh, I am totally with her for that one. Same. We also got to hear her secrets to getting amazing PR. We're really excited about next week's episode because it's with one of our ongoing mentors. So stick around to find out who it is. And we hope you really, really enjoy this one. So we love the book. What inspired you to kind of share all your secrets, all your PR secrets Look, with your fans? It's an interesting one because I started doing seminars about four years ago and they started with like just 150 people who came and pay for tickets and we talked for sort of two hours on PR and marketing and digital. And then it's grown, you know, sort of four years on, it's 700 people and we do um, Sydney, Melbourne and Gold Coast. Um, so the publisher, Alan and Unwin, who I've done my other books with, came to me and said, you know what, it's time to do a nonfiction book. And so I was like, hmm, yes, let's do another book. So did you really give away all your secrets in the book or did you like save some and that's just really like your 80%? Uh, look, you know what? I guess you never ever give away everything. Um, what that book is, I think it's a really easy read for me. It's like an hour and a half read cover to cover. It's very um, conversational. It's not too tricky. I mean, I was never a smart student at school. I I needed it to be something that was easy for everyone to understand and to, you know, get something out of. I didn't give everything away, of course not. But what I've given there is a start to finish of basically what it takes in business. So it's not just a PR and marketing person's book. I think it's more about if you're starting a business, these are the the things that you need to keep in mind. That, you know, you're not going to be the girl who goes for lunch at, you know, 12 o'clock on a Friday and doesn't return because you own the business. Totally. You may be there until 12 a.m., on you know the next day because you work harder than you'll ever work and I think there's not many books out there that actually tell you like it is yeah I love that about what you said it's so digestible like literally reading the book I feel like your voice is in my head and you're just (laughs) reading it to me and I think that's something that you do so well I love that like the authenticity comes through in everything that you do which is something that we really try to do as well I think it's important you know everyone's trying to be something that they're not you know what I would rather like it or loathe it be who I am and share the 
the good with the bad. You know, I've got no problems talking about how shit things can be um, and, and how good they can be. But I think the reality is you only are able to, I guess, inspire other people if they can see the shortcomings that you also face as well as the success. Um, you know, mine have been very well documented and that's why people have become quite respectful of the fact, you know, no matter how hard it gets with personal life and for work, you just keep going and I'll tell it like it is. And that's what that book is. You know, it's me basically talking but written down. And is that how you've always been or is that kind of something through PR that you've gone, all right, I see that that resonates with people? No, it's always been my thing. And it's actually been probably detrimental in a way because people are like, I don't like her because I will just call it like I said, if I don't like you, I'll tell you. Um, and even from a client perspective, you know, I sat in a meeting before and I said to the guy, I'm not going to be the PR girl who tells you what you want to hear. I'm going to tell you what you're not doing and what you need to be doing. Yeah. You're either going to like it or you loathe, or you loathe it. And the clients who are appreciative of that are the ones that we succeed with. Um, and it's the same with me. You know, it's how I run my life. It was never a PR move for me. It was just... I call a spade a spade. Yeah, totally. <laughs> when I was I was chatting to a few friends who were like massive fans of yours and I was like, you know, tell me everything you love about Roxy. Like, what is it about her? And like the number one response I got back was she is just so unapologetic. You know, you know who you are and you're not yes. afraid to say it. And, and I, I think, think that's, that's important. a skill. Yeah, 100%. Because it comes with confidence yeah. and experience. And, you know, I think that's what every kind of young girl looking or young guy even looking to get into the industry is trying to find. I think the other thing is as well that, you know, don't try and be something that you, you're not. You know, I am who I who I am. You know, what you see on Instagram, whether I've got, you know, whether I've fixed my nose because it was so big. Yeah, we're both talking about doing that as well. <laughs> oh, it's the most painful thing you'll ever do. Oh, really? Oh, I'll tell you. You know, if you ask me if I got fake tits, I've got fake tits. Yeah. Why lie? Be, you know, be truthful. Totally. Um, not- it reminds me of that Hayley Steinfeld song, Most Girls. It's oh, Most yes, Girls. Yes. You know, it's just like yes. whatever you need to do to yeah. feel your best self, Correct. do it and Correct. own it. Correct. Like you don't have to feel apologetic for no, that. No, and you should never. Yeah, yeah. So then in terms of like your personal image and what you're putting out there, like do you try to like control that in the media and stuff like that or do you just like let, let it go? Google my name and sadly I'm not very good at that. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? I don't sweat the small stuff. You know, for me, as long as I'm happy and healthy, as long as my children are happy and, and content and, and my husband is not squabbling with me, well, then I'm happy. You know, I don't focus too much I guess it comes with age on what other people think about me in the media if you like me you like me and if you don't you don't but I'm certainly not going to lose sleep on the fact that you don't like me yeah and there's plenty of people who don't but that's their problem I'm happy with what I'm doing I'm happy with where my you know my goals sit and what I'm achieving career and and personally I don't ever sweat the small stuff Mm -hmm. I don't even let it like it doesn't even nudge me. And yeah. how, how do you get to be like that? Because I think so many people do sweat the small stuff. They don't want to, but it's hard because, like, you know, every every one of us deals with criticisms every day. Yes. Every one of us deals with, you know, I should be looking like that, but I don't. Yeah. And you deal with it on a huge scale. Mm. You know, like you've got everybody kind of looking at you and criticizing that. How do other people kind of get that carefree attitude that you've got? I always – there's this, this – I guess what I say is, you know, you learn it. You know, I started my business when I was 24 and there was every criticism under the sun. Her parents paid for her business. I was like, what the fuck did they pay for? Yeah. I've got a fax machine and a cordless phone. <laughs> there was nothing they needed to buy other than those two devices. Um, you know, you, you, I guess you build a resilience to it. But I also look at it as a, as a positive, as I should speak in English, as a <laughs> positive. Yeah, if you don't mind. Preferable. <laughs> yeah. Now I should speak in English. <laughs> um, I guess... 
for every negativity, it's someone talking about you. And if they want to speak negatively about me, let them do it because guess what? They're still talking about me. I mean, there was an article the other week about how this particular journalist in Sydney thanked me so much for having so much Botox because it's made her realise that she's never going to do it. And I was like, get a fucking grip. You're going to make a whole page of a news story in a major newspaper about my face. Yeah, my lips are done. Yeah, I've got no wrinkles when I raise my eyebrows. But that's what I want to do for me. Yeah. So you are in the media a lot. Is a lot of that what you put out there? I'm always so interested in that because I love just... No, you mostly know, Instagram. You see, it, it's oh, so they interesting. Just pick it up from yeah, so much. I mean, look, I can be conniving as well. I know there's certain stuff I can put on Instagram and I know it'll get picked up straight away. Um, but at the same time, yeah, I don't, don't ever actively go out there and look for it. I mean, how we are sitting here today is I think um, maybe you had approached and said, look, let's do the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's never ever an active outreach for PR, um, obviously unless I'm selling a book like my new book um then the publisher will obviously actively look for opportunities tv radio podcasts etc but i've never gone out there and gone you know what hey look at me look at me i want to be famous i went out there going look at me i want to be fucking rich (laughs) (laughs) well what i thought you were going to say but i like the honesty (laughs) Um, yeah if nothing else you are definitely honest (laughs) so i'd love to talk about building a personal brand because you know it's definitely where we've gotten to where we are and i believe you know it's taken a big part in your journey as well um and you know you're a founder of a business and we're founders of a business but i four businesses roxy four businesses do you mind yeah exactly sorry sorry um but so do you think that it's important for everyone to build a personal brand? Like, is it something that you're encouraging your team members to do as well? No, I think that it's not that important. I think mine was almost involuntary. Why I built a personal brand was because I was good at what I was doing. My personal brand was built on that for a reason because mm-hmm. I had, you know, I, I was pushing the boundaries in PR. I was different. I wasn't following the normal send a press release out and hope for the best. That's how my personal brand was built. And I think that's the most important thing. You know, you can't go out there saying, okay, I need to have my name in the newspaper. You need to be good at your craft and then the personal brand will come with it. Yeah. You'll be recognised in the media. You'll be recognised in your field and with your colleagues by being good at what you do. Um, you know, I guess mine is a really interesting one because generally the brands, you know, the, the publicist is obviously a backseat um, and never as... I guess out there as I am but you also have to look at it I did Celebrity Apprentice so instantaneously that skyrocketed me to just the average PR girl who yeah I was known but I was known for my craft mm-hmm. be going to you know then being on a major TV network Channel 9 so you know do I think you need to go out there and, and hustle no I think what you need to go out there and be is the best you can be in your career and build the personal brand by being the best at your craft I think that's really good advice. That's not at all what I was expecting you to say, but I Same. think but it's I true. think that's Too that many makes people so want to be famous. Forget the fame. You will get whatever you need to get in terms of personal brand by being the best that you can be and the leader in your field, like what you're doing. You'll be the first to do the podcast. Yeah. So you say be the best that you can be, and that's how you're going to really get places and get recognized for your craft. How does social media play into all of this? It's an easy way of branding. You know, but I think the most important thing is is to be smart with what you post. You know, if you've got a business, let the business have a, po- a page that is dedicated to the business and communicating to the potential customers and the customers that you've currently got. Don't then mix in your personal life of you drinking shots at a bar on a Saturday evening. Yeah. I think that there's a very fine line 
Um, I think you have to be very careful with how you brand yourself on social media. And I think there's a very fine line and it's often blurred. Um, Keep business business and keep personal personal. You know, I don't ever merge the two. When I started on Instagram, I had a lot of my own personal life on Sweaty Betty's. And then I looked at it and I was like, hang on a second. The Birkenhead Point shopping centres of the world don't really care about what I'm doing on Saturday at the beach with my children. What they want to see is what's in their store that weekend. So I think be very defined in making sure that your social media is, you know, clear and, 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 you know, that's the only way it'll grow if it is actually talking to the audience. Yeah. Don't merge the two. And your personal social media, you've had huge success in that. I think you have 228,000 followers, if I'm correct. Um, I haven't checked this morning. Maybe you've grown okay. Um, So do you think that because you're so open and honest, that's really how like your following has found you i think that's one thing i think that the 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 barrage of media articles that are out there has also been a big contribution and then i think also the the luxury items you know i am materialistic i love the finer things in life and i'm not one to apologize for it um so for me you know yeah i get great cut through when there's a picture of a birkin bag Mm -hmm. and i'm not going to apologize and i'm not going to hide it because you know what i worked fucking hard to get it and if that's what makes me tick that's what makes me tick and people like it they see that as okay well I was a girl who was a receptionist and I'm now a company director with four businesses and yeah I splurge and four on Birkin bags 27 actually just oh whoa and a wanker <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I mean I'm not apologetic of it and I think people uh, are appreciative of that you know some people buy art I buy handbags and shoes yeah so do you think how authentic you are is part of how you've grown your following no question no question you know there's no smoke and mirrors what you see is what you get and people are appreciative of that some people fucking hate it yeah i don't really care about them don't follow how do you deal with that like do you you must get a lot of hate a lot of negative comments i laugh honestly and you know the best thing is my followers are really loyal they become friends that we chit chat on direct message and they'll be the ones who critique the person who's being nasty yeah i don't care write what you want you know if you are so invested in writing nasty stuff from behind a screen just do it whatever if that gets you off so be it I'm not gonna let it ruin my day yeah well it's funny because it's actually when we started kind of putting ourselves out there in the beginning we were getting a lot of like bad kind of comments and whatever and in in the beginning I remember even the first bad comment we got I called Stephanie and I was like someone just wrote this I'm so upset like I was just so so upset you can't be and I think that what we've realized throughout this whole thing is whenever like we're doing really well or whenever we're like being super active and got a lot going on that's like the kind of the love is matched with the hate sometimes yeah. And that's what we kind of have to tell let each other. Let the detractors that's, be your motivators. Yeah. That's, that's the biggest thing. You know, let the people who dislike you be your motivators. That's a big thing for me. The harder it gets, the more criticism I get, the harder I push to be more successful. So you talk in your book about how to curate the perfect feed. Yeah. Can you run us through tips? Oh, look, you know what? I think the most important thing for me is just to make sure that the, the images are good. You know, people don't read. You know, I'm not into a million and one hashtags. I know a lot of people like hashtags because I think it increases their following. Maybe it does. I'd rather my following grow slowly and I don't have 3,000, uh, you know, hashtags at the bottom of every post. Yeah. I think the quality of imagery is absolutely key. Um, if you're making it a business, we'll get a professional photographer or collaborate with someone who is trying to become a professional photographer so that the quality of your imagery is magazine work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also think that, you know, sort of two to three posts a day are enough. I'm a complete oversharer, but that's because I've got 3,001 things going at once. Who has time for more than two to three posts per day? You know, I, I think the, the, the key is just quality of imagery and quality of content and be authentic. 
don't post the blue teeth thing just for the sake of posting the blue teeth thing because they gave you $500. Yeah. So you think quality and authenticity and engagement with your followers is way more important than worrying about growth? Much, much. Growth will come with quality of content. No question. I like that. Growth will come with quality of content. I really Mm. like that. Yeah, Yeah, because I think so many people get caught up in the growth in how many followers do I have? You know, I may have someone who, you know, in Ministry of Talent, my influencer agency that has a million followers. At 228,000 followers myself, I can get more cut through and more engagement than someone with a million. Yeah. So it's not now about whether you've got a million, 500,000 or 20,000. It's about engagement and quality of content. And then where do you feel like your offline presence comes into that, like networking and things like that? I don't network. I'm the most anti-social PR girl you'll ever meet. Really? So I'm That going surprises to, me. No. That no. really surprised me. What are you, like Uber Eats and Netflix kind of gal? Uh, no, I'm an Uber Eats and Stan kind of a girl. Oh, okay. <laughs> younger? We did see yes. you working with Stan, yeah. so I like that plug there. Yeah, I'm good. I'm in PR. Can you yeah. tell? Younger, the yes. bold type. We love power. Stan as well. Power. Ooh, Ooh what's, what's power? That? I'm writing that one down. Taking notes. Yeah. What the important notes no, 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 we take no. down. This is like... I'm obsessed. What is it? Oh, it's this show set in New York with this gangster. Basically, my life that I used to live. (laughs) (laughs) I can really relate. Oh, no, it's a really good show. No, I don't go out. I've got to go to Melbourne today for an event. And you know what? It gives me anxiety because I'm not social. I actually find being in that environment really quite hard it becomes like an act for me when I do my seminars around the country it's like an act I step into I can talk the talk and walk the walk because it's what I know and it's what I do every day is it where I'm in my element no it's not at all I find it very hard I think that's so interesting because I think so many people feel like that and so many people do feel anxious around social settings but feel pressure to go out and you know in jobs you kind of have to how do you overcome that you just have to do it have a drink (laughs) yeah get on with it get on with it you know it pays my bills so I'll smile and I'll be there and I'll whirl and twirl and do what I have to do but I never ever do it beyond my working commitments you won't find me making 10 million plans of a weekend. I don't. I like to be with my laptop doing my emails and playing with the children. Yeah. Stephanie and I are actually similar. Like when we were first starting out, we were like needing to be at all these networking events. We wanted to get out there. But so we came up with this thing where we were like, okay, if we walk into this room, we need to make one good connection. Correct. If we make one good connection, then we you can, can leave. leave. Yeah. So you talk a lot about, you know, you said before, you're materialistic. You like the finer things in yeah. life. But... I really want to get to know the real Roxy a bit more than that. I know you put it all out there already. But so something that's really important to us is advocating for our values through our business. And I think with being authentic, you have to talk about what you care about. People, you know, nowadays, they won't buy products unless there's a story behind them and unless, you know, you're contributing to the greater good of the world. So for us, our our shoes are animal friendly. Yeah. Um, we really encourage other women to get into business. We want to see a lot more female entrepreneurs, which, you know, I can feel as well that you love, you're all about that yeah. female empowerment. What are the things that are most important to you? You know, the values, you obviously have kids. What You know, what are the things that you want to kind of see change in the world for the you know, to leave your kids with a better world? Look, you know, it's an interesting one. I would say to you, I don't look at it from a world. I look at it from a, my circle of where I am. And that is something that, you know, I spoke about in my, my morning meeting today to my team. I was like, I want you to walk in at one level and walk out on a higher level. My job as an individual is to make sure your career grows. You grow as an individual, you, gr- you grow in your career and you succeed. I don't want you to come in here and plateau. And I had this screaming match in my, my morning meeting today saying, guys, 
if that's not what you want, if you don't want to come in here and go from A to Z and grow as an individual in both the personal and, uh, you know, um, in your career, this is not the job for you. So for me, that's one thing that's very important. And I know it's not the world, but if you come into contact with me, I want you to have gained something and benefited. Mm -hmm. And then I guess from the kids' perspective is just making sure that they understand the importance of work ethic. You know, so many people leave school now and, you know, they think that they're going to walk in after uni and get the job as a general manager. Well, you're not. Understand the importance of work ethic and, you know, growing. Start as a receptionist and work your way through the business. Don't walk in there thinking you're bigger than Ben-Hur because you're not. I think that's an important thing and it's something I'll always push to my kids. I mean, I've worked since I was 14. McDonald's was my first job. I always had work ethic and it was instilled in me since, you know, since I was like 14 and nine months and couldn't get a job. So for me, it's the progression of my staff and my team and then obviously ensuring that my children are of the understanding that nothing will be handed to them in life and if you want, you work and that, you know, you can achieve anything you want to achieve, whether you're smart or not smart, as long as you have dedication, you're kind and, and you do your absolute best. Mm-hmm. And I think your, you know, your daughter already must have an incredible work ethic. How old is she now? Seven. Seven. And oh my she God, has, is she? Yeah. She has a massive following. She yeah. has Pixie's Bows. Yeah. What's her involvement in all of that? So we launched Pixie's Bows, the kids' hair accessory um, company, in 2011. And now it's in Wait, Maya. when she was how old? Born. One or yeah, something. basically born. That's so now it's, crazy. Yeah, we're now in Maya stores, which is amazing, and also on the iconic kids. Um, it's a business that... You know, she always wore hair bows and everyone was like, I like those hair bows. And I was like, the Jewish in me was like, I'm not telling you where I bought them. I'll make them. So we started making them. Um, you made them yourself? No. No. <laughs> I'm not that handy. Just imagining Roxy yeah, can you imagine? at home in front like of the TV. Bows, yeah. No. Um, you know, yeah, she's involved. She, she from her Instagram, I mean, she did, she's just doing amazing appearances. She just launched... Um, Obviously, in Maya, she had to do an appearance for that at Sydney City with like 45 children. Oh, she just, just did she a job. that's for, so much fun. Yeah, yeah, she does. You know, I guess as a parent, that's your aim, you know, that you can ensure that you set up your, your children with the best possible values and, and work ethic and, and compassion and kindness. Um, and look, this one's got a business as well. Oh, yeah, she's already doing quite well. Yeah. Uh, so in terms of like values and the brands that you work with, you know, uh, are you saying to them like you need to be more I guess open about like what you stand for and what you believe in now in this day and age when people want transparency look I think it's not really a PR person's job to do that that's more that's more of a marketing person's job mm-hmm. you know the marketing person outlines who the brand is who their targets are what their core values are and you know what charitable partnerships they're going to have my job as a PR is to then communicate them in the media Um, so we don't ever go to the client and say that we would always really work with a customer that has already got those core values in place Mm -hmm. if they don't have them of course we'll suggest them I mean for instance for me now a big part is you know donating to charity for cancer obviously I had cancer in 2016 and 17 so we will always if there's an opportunity and they're not doing anything that's socially responsible we'll put it forward so are you working with cancer charities now more since having cancer yeah yeah a lot I mean I just did Sunday night the other week and my payment went straight to cancer charities so yeah I mean I do a lot a lot I mean there's a lot more that could be done I think that people don't realize what you know cancer has become like a common cold now 100% you know, I agree with crazy. you crazy you know every second person has had it I don't mm-hmm. know someone it hasn't touched uh, seriously so for me you know the more I can you know contribute I mean my con- contributions obviously are piss in the ocean but it's <laughs> it's more than it's nothing something. it's yeah, more than everything nothing counts. and you know everything does count and I think the more I can sort of spruik that the better yeah That's great. so we'd love to talk to you about 
creativity when it comes to PR because as we said you are the queen of that the way your book came we were just completely blown away and that is just the very very tip of the iceberg we also saw the donut time um, yes. thing you did in Bondi which was honestly the most genius thing I've ever seen so guys just to give you a picture it was like how many people I don't know hundreds of people with inflatable donuts it was 2,500 inflatable donuts oh my god okay I, th- I was going to say like 500 and then I was like no. I want to be Believe wrong you in me, Bondi Beach because I had to actually inflate them so trust oh, me there you go. I yes. knew you that got was one your hands of my dirty. Mo- that was one of my most ingenious things. Not so. You just looked across at this like Bondi ocean, and there were just a zillion inflatable donuts, yeah. and that was for the launch of Donut Time, which was just so creative. Yeah. Look, I guess I've always been one to break the rules. So basically, what we did was it was to launch the first um, store in Bondi Beach for Donut Time. Um, we basically gave out 2,500 inflated donuts. We had a drone above capturing the the content. We had photographers on the ground. Um, We were throwing them out of like 40-foot trucks out the back because imagine how many 2,500. It takes a lot of space. And then on the actual donut was a sticker, which meant if you walked to the store donut in hand and presented it, they'd give you a box of six donuts. So it it was fun. It was different. It was tongue in cheek. And hey, everyone's talking about it. We're and that was two years ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That really stood God rest its soul. It's not around anymore. Well, we're all about getting scrappy like that when it comes to PR. So we launched Shashu Brand Tubes in New York. Yeah. And we were going to Fashion Week anyway for How to Live. Yes. And we were like, right, there are so many photographers standing out these shows in between shows with nothing to do. What can we do? So we got a bunch of girls. It was zero degrees in New York. We put them into bikinis and into our sandals. And we paraded them around outside the shows. And photographers just went nuts. Nuts. And we generated so much press out of that people still ask us about it when we talk yes. about our shoe brand and you know we just think it was we risque and that was our whole thing was that people spend millions of dollars launching at fashion weeks we spent five hundred dollars correct on models and a bikini exactly yeah. let them yours we found them on craigslist on chicks models, from craigslist yeah exactly <laughs> so i mean you know this is something you do so well how can brands copy that and how, how can brands, how do you come up with such creative you ideas don't even like need that to. You don't even have to be creative. You know, we are in a in an era where everything is online. You can draw inspiration from everywhere. It's not about the creativity and being a genius. It's about how you use your resources around you and tweak them to suit your brand. So how do you kind of keep your finger on the pulse with what people are doing? Do you Pinterest a lot? Do you read a lot of news? I only look on Instagram. Only Instagram. And what did you do before Instagram? Google. Great. Good one. So that Facebook. Would, so that would be your advice in terms of like, you know, a startup on a budget. You know, yes. if I've got only limited resources, you know, where am I putting them towards? Instagram. Yeah. No question. No question. It's a very easy way of creating a brand and beginning, you know, the cycle of the brand. It's free. It's just the imagery. Content is king. So yeah. if you look in our studio, we're shooting a campaign for Pink Kimberly Diamonds. Why? Because we need content for their Instagram. You must get some great content in this office, by the way. Like we are sitting in this gorgeous living room. Glad I feel like noticed. I'm in Dynasty, you know? <laughs> oh, my God. Do you watch that show? I actually only watched the first episode. I love so. it. You need to watch it. Yeah, really? it's on my long list. It's amazing. Okay, yeah. I'm going to watch it. You, yeah. need, you need to watch it. When we walked in here, I like gasped and your really EA, and your EA was like oh yeah like this is just like how we get around and yeah. I was like okay it's gorgeous I oh, should thanks. live here please with pleasure <laughs> yeah it's very beautiful so we said content is yes. so important how do you stay on top of how much content needs to be produced I'm like continually con- I'm doing it every day every day every opportunity if a great bunch of flowers comes in bang that's a nice image get it up on story 
And is it, do, do you feel like it's exhausting for you or have you just kind of seamlessly put it into your life now where I don't think about happening? it at all, at all. I don't think about it. I think this time you spend making a list or thinking about stuff too much is when you miss the opportunity. Do it as it comes. That thing that's sitting on the desk, okay, it's dead now, but it was, we work for this company called Oz Design Furniture and they had this, like, I don't know what it is. It's like antlerys or something. Yeah, like antlerys with like it. succulents sitting well, inside what? it. guess what? It came empty. So how was I going to shoot it to put on Instagram? I sent it to a florist, said to them, put succulents in it, add some Christmas decorations because it's Christmas and I shot it because I could have shot the raw antler or I could shoot the antler themed for Christmas and added to it, added another dimension. That's See, an you say you're not creative, but that is so creative. Saw it on Instagram. No. Saw, oh, it on on Instagram. Re- Saw it on Restoration I love hardware. that. You must be really good at putting like those cheese boards together when you just like copy someone's Instagram. Well, I don't do it, but I've got good people who do do Perfect. it. I'm not good in the kitchen, just saying. <laughs> Neither am I, but I can curate you no, know I like can't put even, things together. I, I can't even curate it so I'll come to your place for the cheese board okay, okay perfect you can order it on Uber Eats and <laughs> yeah, okay, watch done, stand done 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 <laughs> okay amazing so this was so fantastic we'd love to take you through a few quick fires before done. we wrap up I know you're on your way to Melbourne um, so and you know while I'm talking to you I'm ordering my breakfast and my lunch oh what Uber are you ordering Eats. well I ordered actually a green smoothie and a tomato and basil bruschetta oh delicious yeah. from where Jackie's Cafe. Oh, oh, we love Jackie. I like Jackie's. Mm, me too. Okay, so the quick fire. Let's get into it. So your number one tip for someone wanting to get into PR? Work experience, work experience, work, work experience. And I don't think that you can walk in thinking that you're going to be a, become a publicist. Walk in being an assistant and learn the ropes. And if it takes a year, it takes a year. If it takes two years, it takes two years. Be a sponge for knowledge and take as much as you can because it's the only way you learn. I don't think it's a uni degree at all. Interesting. Be a sponge for knowledge. I like that. That's Mm. great advice. Do you take interns? Yeah, we do. We've always got about three interns, but they have to work for three months at a time um, because I think there's no point having someone for a week. What can you learn in a week? Heck, I've been here 14 years. I'm still learning. For sure. Aren't we all? Um, Your favourite makeup product? Um, Favourite makeup product? Look, do you know what? I actually love L'Occitane products. Um, They've got this new shower foam, um, which is very nice. I like L'Occitane. And that's where you're going tonight, isn't it? How'd you know? (laughs) You are good, Roxy. You are good. (laughs) Okay, so if the world was ending tonight, what would your last meal be? Chinese for sure. Really? What do you like from Chinese? Anything fried. Oh, yeah. Shredded beef, honey king prawns, fried rice. It's my dream. Mm. Have you been to China? No, but actually I'm going next week. Are you? Are you? Yeah, that's where, where are you going? Guangzhou. Oh, we've oh. been to Guangzhou. Yeah, that's where I'm going next week for the bows. Oh, the mm. food is great. Chinese food. We love it. Yeah, but it's very traditional. I'm like into westernized Chinese. Yeah. Well, like we, because we don't eat meat and we say to them, oh, we don't eat meat. So like nothing's too scary. Okay, so no, exactly. Yeah, just, if you go vegetarian. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I get if you were eating meat, it would be terrifying. There's no experience. surprise meat. Yeah. yeah. One time we ate loofah, like the sponge, and we were like, what do you mean? Yeah. That was yeah, probably no, That's a bit hectic. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, but no, it should be removing your spray tan. <laughs> Not edible. <laughs> Uh, and the last one is, what's your favorite thing about running your own business? Wow. Quick fire. Not. Favorite thing about running your own business? You know what? Seeing staff uh, succeed. You know, for me, Grace and Dan, who work with me, have come in as interns and worked their way up to be senior publicists and kick girls every day. So that's, for me, money will come, success will come, but seeing someone progress is 
yeah, that's the best bit. You see, I love that, you know, you say that you're so all about the material things, but, you know, you can tell that you really care about people, you really care about your stuff. And, yeah, I mean, that's just a plus. The materialistic items are just a plus and they're a kick for me. Totally. But the reality of day to day is that, you know, when you look at someone who comes as an intern like a Grace or a Dan and they go from intern to senior publicist and can close a deal with a client, you're like, you know what, fuck, I taught them that. Yeah, that's very cool. It's a kick. Well, well done. I love that, well, Roxy. Thanks. I feel like we really got to know you today. Oh, good. I'm glad. Not many people do. <laughs> <laughs> that's because you're hiding away with your Stan and your Uber Eats. <laughs> Exactly. And I just ordered it again. Perfect. Amazing. So our takeaway from today is definitely power. I'm going to go and watch yes. that amongst many, many other tips that you've given us. So thank you so thank much you. for having us. Please here. come again. Absolutely. We will. Next season. We'll see you there. Hope you all love that episode. Um, I thought it was super interesting. You know, as women, we're unfortunately so often doubting ourselves questioning our worth and what I really love about Roxy is that she really seems to know who she is what she deserves and she really will not settle for anything less which I really respect and strive to be more like that same I love that now if people like this episode what can they do they can um, subscribe yep what else can they do they can tell their friends oh great and anything else they can comment woohoo leave a comment please And next week, we are interviewing Kath Wills. She is the founder of Sam's Beast, and she is all kinds of brilliant. You are going to want to hear this one. See you then.